Hey, this is Tyler, one of the hosts of RangerCast. On our show, we talk about Power Rangers and other multi-unit spandex heroes. We've got news, reviews, interviews. We talk about the comics, the games, the toys, and all things more phenomenal. Find us at Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or check us out at rangercast.net. May the power protect you. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Anime Lounge Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, here with my other host, Matt. And today we're going to be doing a little bit of a special episode because we're going to cover Netflix's version of One Piece Season 1. And I'm just going to go ahead and spill the beans and be like, just loving it. I'm I'm going to say this is probably my favorite anime adaptation out of everything anime so far because... They did such an amazing job. Okay. Okay. I will say I've never watched One Piece, so this will be kind of a, an instructional uh, podcast for me, which should be mm-hmm. kind of cool to get it from the other side, almost like I'm listening to our episode like for the first time. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be essentially just a guest who's just listening in, and it's going to be okay because I got I got a lot of thoughts to share. I'm going to break down this whole entire season and this is going to be spoilers. So if anybody's listening, I'm going to just spoil enough of it. So (laughs) be prepared. But at this point in time, if you're interested in one piece, you already know. Okay, cool, cool. So I can also start off by saying this stayed so true to like 99%, not 99. That's a little too high, (laughs) but a good 90 to 95% of the actual storyline was perfectly executed so i don't want to say this would be a perfect replacement for watching the first 44 episodes of this the whole anime but if you want to get it done quicker and more up-to-date kind of stuff i think this is a pretty good way so even if you wanted to sit back and consume 44 episodes of anime in eight episodes of netflix i think this would be comparable enough yeah pretty close uh because these are hour-long episodes, or the episodes for the Netflix are an hour, right? Yeah, so they range from like 44 minutes to like 48, 52-ish, I think, somewhere around there. They're not quite an hour, but, you know, might as well round it to that point if there is commercials. But, yeah, so eight episodes of full-length features. Okay, cool. So, yeah, like I said, 44 episodes this covers, and they did a fantastic job. And if you're watching us on YouTube, I'm going to go through a little slideshow I put together, just something quick. And if you're listening to us audio-wise on Spotify or whatever, then hopefully my uh, words can transfer over properly enough. (laughs) So let's just start out with uh, a lot of the cast. Right up front, I think everybody in this entire show was cast so awesomely. Pretty perfect. And of course, we got to start out with our main character, Monkey D. Luffy, played by Inyaki Godoy. He's a he's a great actor. I know a lot of people are probably going to be like, yeah, but he he doesn't have that crazy, dumbfounded, uh, single cell working brain that the anime shows often because <laughs> Monkey is a pretty crazy character and mm-hmm. he's silly. How about that? He's just really silly. And in this whole Netflix series, you know, he's a lot more humanoid. So he's a lot more understanding. He's, he's not as silly. 
And that's fine because the main deal is he's just there for his friends. He's there for his number one goal, which everyone knows is to become the Pirate King and get the one piece. Uh, for someone like you who doesn't exactly know what's going on, uh, the one piece is the perfect treasure that Gold Roger, the very first king that made, or a uh, pirate king, that found this amazing treasure and he hid it somewhere beyond the Grand Line. So it's it's inspired all these pirates to go find this treasure that no one really knows what it is, but they know they'll become pirate kings if they get it. Uh, okay. So that's what influences Monkey D. Luffy a little bit to go past there is to go get this one piece and obviously everyone else. So Monkey D. Luffy, amazing. He does a great job. Uh, this, in fact, the very first episode where he's introduced is spot on with the anime. You know, he's floating in a barrel and we get introduced to another uh, guy named Kobe. I'll talk about him in a minute. And they just follow his storyline so perfectly. And he's... They just, I don't know. They just do a good job. Uh, let's talk about someone else. Uh, Roanoa Zoro, fan favorite. Uh, I know he gets a lot of praises on the internet, and he is probably one of my favorite characters, if not the, yeah, he is my favorite character. He's just this badass swordsman. I have an affinity for swordsmen, so he's got my liking. Uh, he's played by McKinney. He's does an amazing job. <laughs> Again, I'm going to say that for everybody. He really shows Zoro's, I don't know, I don't want to say passion, but, you know, he's just the way he acts. He's kind of this colder guy, and he loves to drink, and he loves to nap, and he's amazing at fighting. And I was really interested in how they would live action his three-sword style. I know you're not too familiar with uh, Zoro and his skills, but he's got two swords in each two swords in his hand, one in his mouth. And that's why he's so different than everyone else. So I do know the character. I know a lot of the characters because one piece has been around for 20 years and the internet. So it, it's oh, a lot longer than 20 years. <laughs> yeah. We're pushing 30 and we put, <sighs> we were past 30. Yeah. Long, long, long time. Uh huh. But I mean, I live in the internet, so it's, yep. uh, the, these characters aren't new. Um, I've seen them. Do I know really anything beyond surface level? Absolutely not. But I do at least know who the characters are. Right, right. And again, McKinney uses, he's so good at it. I was really excited. They did a, a small little twist on the introduction of Zoro in the anime. We find Zoro pinned up on this cross that you see in the bottom left corner. Like that's how he's found. He's given up uh, to the Marines and he's expected to stay there for 30 days. You know, like no food, no water for whatever reason. And he's supposed to put up, like he's just sacrificing himself to save some other people. But in the Netflix version, we get to go backwards in time, like half a day to where there's a little fight at a bar and these Marines mess with this little girl who's trying to give him some rice balls that were supposed to be super good. And it was just kind of a wholesome scene and seeing exactly why Zoro ended up on this crucifix. So I really appreciated a little bit more of this backstory. Yeah. I mean, he just, I, I'm going to, I can't say it anymore. It's such a great job. So many things coming out of there. Let's move on to Nami. Nami was also played amazingly played by Emily Rudd. I looked it up on Google she is not related to Paul Rudd. So if anyone's <laughs> interested in that, not the same relation. 
she does a great job. The back story on her childhood was spot on too. And I really liked that they brought her weapon into play because in the first couple tens of episodes, she's running around with a staff that breaks into three pieces so that she can like, you know, stash it on her body. So that's really interesting. So I made sure to put a little picture there and damn it. Every time it's just, she does (laughs) such a great job. There's not too much that's really different with her. And yeah, we'll just move on to this next one. Uh, Usopp. Usopp was someone that I was going to be super interested in because in the anime or in the manga, obviously as well, he's got such a long ass nose and he's such a silly character to the point where in the beginning of the series, like he's annoying, he's a coward. And I was really interested in how they were going to portray him. And I thought that they picked such a perfect looking person to play Usopp. He doesn't have the long nose, but we're going to be actually, that's kind of strange because I was about to say it's okay. It's a little bit more realistic, but at the same time, in the world of One Piece, nobody necessarily looks realistic. So <laughs> it just would have been uh, probably more annoying to mess with his nose. But I'm totally okay with it. I think it just, I think it looks a little bit better. But that's me being a, a latecomer to to One Piece, so that's okay. Yeah, it might it's, have deterred from the acting. Uh, there, there could be just something very basic where I was like, yeah, you know what? Maybe the nose just doesn't do it for the show. And it's just to distract the audience when you can't really, you'll want to enjoy the characters. Like if all I'm doing is staring at this guy's super long nose, I'm not going to pay attention to the character. So that it could just be a simple, simple thing like that. Yeah. And I totally get it. And then I'm sure everybody who started one piece all kind of felt the same way. Like, yeah, he looks extra silly with the long nose. So Let's just cut that off and let's just make this normal. Yep. That's totally cool with that. Uh, his his startup was exactly the same too. Luffy and Nami are kind of a thing before they meet Usopp. And they travel to his village. And here's Usopp running around telling his whole entire village that there's pirates coming. You know, he does this every single day. He's crying wolf. And, you know, he's, he's made a name for himself. And that's because his father is a pirate and he's part of one of the most powerful pirate crews out there. So, you know, he has a big shoe to fill that he thinks. So it's understandable, but they follow the story like extra perfect with him. And I was really happy to see Usopp you know, just really come into play. His, his story with Kaya, this girl that you'll see on the bottom left, uh, she's a, she's a super rich girl whose parents had recently died like three years prior to us finding her. And she owns this shipyard and it's going to be a big point into their story where they go and get uh, the going Mary, their main ship so they can start crossing the seas and their relationship uh, between Usopp and Kaya. They played that one so well as well. So I was really happy to see that the next big character, Sanji Sanji's another fan favorite of many people. He's this, uh, kind of pretty boy, badass. And he's really interesting because he doesn't fight with his hands. He fights with his feet. And as every fan knows, it's because he's a cook and cook cooks don't use their hands to fight. They use their hands to cook. So they got to keep their hands, you know, in shape. So that's, that's his quirk. And it's really nice. Okay. And they did the same thing with Sanji with perfect, uh, backstory and perfect introduction. Uh, we find out when he was a child, he was on another boat and he wanted to cook. 
He's being harassed by other uh, shipmates. And then he ends up getting attacked by another boat. And it's led by this Zeph character. Zeph is this old guy that you'll see on the bottom. And he's just this badass of a pirate. And he loves to cook, but he also loves being a pirate. And he's considered really powerful. They call him, uh, oh crap, Red Boots Zeph or something like that. And it's because his boot was stained red because of all the people he's killed. So he was also another fighter that only used his feet because you got to keep your hands clean for food. I suppose. Uh, yeah. And going back to the childhood, uh, since we're already here with these pictures, one big difference between the anime and this Netflix was how Zeph ended up losing his leg. In the anime, uh, a giant... Okay, the, the, the way it first starts happens the same. A giant wave comes and crashes over both of her ships, capsizes everything, and uh, Sanji has this big dream of wanting to see uh, the all blue, which is where a point in the ocean where all four oceans touch, and it's supposed to be this perfect place for all cooks. And Zeph really likes that idea because he has the same exact dream. And because of that, Zeph wanted to go save him when the ship's capsized, and this is where the difference comes in. In the anime, an anchor ends up... Oh, no, not an anchor. He ends up getting trapped between, like, two pieces of uh, the, the ship. So his foot is actually stuck, and he can't go anywhere. And this anchor and a chain come into play, and he essentially rips his leg off so that he can free himself and go get Sanji and then go get safety. In the, Nef in the Netflix version, that doesn't happen. He just straight up saves him. And they end up going on to this giant rock of an island where they have to sit for X amount of days. And I think the days might have been a little different. I think they said like 90 days and the Netflix passed by. And I think, I don't know, maybe 50-ish in the anime. They didn't say it, but they showed it with like cross checks, you know, like uh, hash marks. Yep. Where how many days passed by. I didn't count it out, but it was whatever. <laughs> the point is a long time had gone by. And... Zeph was the awesome guy and gave Sanji a bag of food and told Sanji, you know, ration this out because we don't know how long we're going to be here. And Zeph is sitting there with a giant bag. And then we come to learn that that giant bag is just full of treasure. And he's been sitting here not eating food the entire time. So we're wondering how exactly did he survive? Well, in the Netflix version, you find out that he lost his leg because he chopped it off so he can eat it. So I thought that was super interesting. And I think according to what I overheard, I'm pretty sure that's what happened in the manga. So I think they stayed more true to the manga than they did the anime. So can't okay. say that for sure, but that's what I heard. So I thought that was really cool that they at least went back to more of the main source there. Interesting. So one last thing about Sanji and his character was they stayed true to his character. He's super in love with Nami. And they make that very, very clear. And... He also has like this little rivalry grudge with Zoro in the beginning. So I'm really happy they stay true to that. Like they're just like two brothers that are just fighting each other all the time. So it's really fun to see them like go at it and just give each other shit all the time. So it's a lot of fun. So Sanji played by Tess Geiler did a fantastic job. So happy to see Sanji come to come to uh, light in this one. Nice. All right. So that's the main cruise. I'm really excited to talk about other characters because Literally every character in this entire show is just cast so well. 
uh, Colby, the this kid that you see in the first episode. I'm so happy that they made this guy a lot more important in the Netflix version than they did in the anime version because, you know, he basically didn't have much of an appearance. He was there for the first couple episodes, and then when Kobe decides that he wants to become a Marine and he finds his spot, Luffy tells him, take it, and they have, you know, they split their ways. And, you know, it's really nice, it's understandable, but we get to see it flushed out so much more, and he's more important in Netflix, and it's really nice. So Kobe's played by... Morgan Davies, little history on Morgan Davies. He's a transgender person, came out when he was 13. So awesome person, been in a lot of roles in Australia. So he's doing a great job. So I'm really happy to see that, you know, they're getting a little bit of love out there. So did a fantastic role playing Kobe and loved every moment of it because Kobe and Luffy are such great friends and they would just want the best for each other, even though they're basically enemies because... Kobe's a Marine and Luffy's a pirate. And they're supposed to, you know, hate each other. Yep. And which brings us to Garp. I put these guys on the same slide because Garp, who's played by Vincent Regan, another Australian, just played so very well. This guy is such a badass. He's got such an awesome deep voice and he's, he's got this authority about him and it's just really nice. And Kobe basically plays under Garp. Garp is, uh, you know, he's a lead command guy. And Kobe just wants to work his way up. And man, Garp is just a, he's, you learn to really like him. And cool. one big difference is he's not, he's not this relevant early in the series. So they made, they pushed him ahead of time and they're chasing the pirates and he's chasing Luffy. And he just wants to make sure that Luffy's doing what he needs to do. And he's going to be taken care of in a way. So like, he's a good guy, bad guy kind of thing. So okay, great relationship. So Fantastic. my question is, as far as Garp is concerned, uh-huh. uh, or not Garp, uh, Kobe is concerned, will he become a person later on? Like, yeah. How, okay. Yeah, he so, is more important later on in the series. Like, I know in, like, season two, he makes another appearance. It's more, it's just, like, a fun episode. It's nothing super important. It's just like, oh, hey, remember Kobe? He's doing good in the Marines. So it kind of okay, just... So they, they just wanted to make use of introducing the character that makes sense okay cool yeah and everybody's happy that they did because they did such an amazing job putting him into the storyline and making everything make sense okay awesome all right moving on we got shanks the the person who has influenced luffy into becoming a pirate shanks is a badass all the people that know anything about future shanks know that he's a badass and this dude uh, who plays him, Peter Godot, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced. He does a great job. You know, he's Shanks isn't this super like evil, mean, badass kind of guy, like in that kind of sense. He's just kind of more, more laid back. He's he's seen action. He doesn't need to overreact to anything. And it's it's for good reason because you know he's seen shit. This actor did a great job playing him, and I cannot wait to see more come out of it. And so many scenes that were important to his early story were played perfectly in Netflix. So I was really happy to see that. And then I got Dracul, uh, Mihawk, Hawkeye Mihawk is really how he's known. He's one of the seven warlords of all the seas. And this dude is such a badass. I was so happy to see him played in here. This dude's played by Stephen John Ward. I don't think they could have cast a better character. They, his mannerisms, the way he looks, is just spot on all the time. And Mihawk really gets introduced 
early, not early, but like mid-season. He's taken out Pirates, and he has a big fight with Zoro. And I was really excited to see the fight with Zoro because that fight actually does influence the rest of Season 1. So I was happy to see that. Mihawk, he's got this big, giant sword. It's basically the size of his body. He keeps it on the back of his, on his back. And he's just super powerful. And I'm really happy how they introduced how powerful he was because in the Netflix series, he's blowing up ships. And it kind of brings into play something big that happened, uh, a big difference. And I'll just jump ahead to Don Krieg. The whole Don Krieg arc was completely missing in a way. They showed him Don Krieg in the anime and manga was, took a very significant amount of time. And that's all right that they skipped this because they did give him a little bit of a glory. They showed Mihawk versus Don Krieg's boat. And that does happen in the anime. You don't get to see it really, but we just know that Don Krieg just got completely screwed over and they're, they're basically dead. But we get to see in Netflix that he just destroys them no problem. And it was so it was actually really fun to see. I was, I'm happy that they did that. Uh, staying with the Don Krieg crew, uh, his, another couple henchmen that we don't really get introduced to are Pearl and Gein. I know it's spelt like Jin, but it's pronounced Gein. So I want to throw that out there for anybody. Pearl, he's just the super armored guy who can set himself on fire and he was really strong and nothing too special about him. And, and Gein was the second in line for Don Krieg's crew. He was saved by Sanji on the boat and he had mad respect for him. They had respect for each other, really. And Gein just wanted to leave him alone, but Don Krieg's an asshole and just wanted to take over the boat completely because he need Don Krieg needed a new boat because Mihawk destroyed everything he had. So I'm just going to throw that out there. That's the biggest, that's one of the biggest differences in the show is they completely got rid of Don Krieg for the most part. He has a very small showing and that's okay because this is a, a show, uh, this is live action. So they got to make cuts where they can and they did a good job. Moving on to the next character, Buggy. Buggy is one of my favorite characters. He was my favorite in the anime. He's one of my favorite in the anime and he easily translated into one of my favorites in this entire show. Buggy played by Jeff Ward did a fantastic job. He, Buggy the Clown, he's another uh, person who ate a devil fruit. He's got the chop-chop fruit. He can split his body into multiple pieces, so he can never officially die from like being cut or anything like that because he can displace his head, his hands, his legs, whatever he wants to displace, he can you know, just split apart. And being a Joker fan, it's really no wonder why Buggy's one of my favorite. You know, he's this crazy clown. He, yeah, the anime, he's a lot more, you know joker-esque in the in his voice and stuff like that so that's why i gravitated toward him so gravitated towards him so quickly but in the netflix film he's just a lot of fun he's he's got these like well one-liners i don't know i can't really say much more than that he's just he's funny and he's menacing at the same time and he's a lot more important in the netflix version than he is in anime because in the anime he's got a handful of episodes and then he's gone but in netflix he sticks around for quite a while and he pops up here and there and uh, i was actually kind of pleased to see that uh one other difference in the anime and the uh anime and the netflix show is when our the straw hat crew ends up getting a map to the grand line mm -hmm. in the netflix version they get it pretty early on pretty, like when they meet zoro and they're fighting Axe Hand Morgan. And 
Axehan Morgan is the one with the Grand Line map, and they steal it from him, and that's why they're wanted and being chased is because they, they screwed with a Marine captain and whatever. But in the anime, I think Buggy is the one that has the map, and they end up stealing the map from him, and that's why he becomes a little bit more important. Mm, but okay. But that's whatever. Lots of stuff were replaced when it came to Buggy. Uh, especially the buggy ball. I was a little disappointed to see that the buggy ball wasn't in the Netflix version. It's really just this cannonball that just has massive explosion power. And mm. that was, it was fun to see in the anime, but in Netflix, all he does is take over a town and kidnaps everybody and makes them join his like little circus event. And everybody in town is like in the audience and they got to applaud when he wants applaud. They need to laugh when he needs to laugh. So it's, it's it's comical in that sense, but it's still good. Every change that they did, they did really well. So I'm I'm happy that they played Buggy to his extent. So our next big baddie is uh, Arlong, played by McKinley Belcher the third. Also, someone else who did a fantastic job. I know a lot of people are talking about uh, they wish that he was much larger and bulkier as a person. I can see why they didn't go that route. Because that's probably going to take a lot more CGI or anything along those lines. You're not going to find some super massive bodybuilder just so easily to play Arlong as a good character. But I did come to really appreciate McKinley's acting because Arlong is a super powerful guy and he did a great job. I'm really happy that they brought out his giant axe, his one-sided blade. I forget what what that weapon's actually called, but it's like a sword. But then there's like spiky blades that come off on the side, like a like a bunch of sights, kind of. I don't know if you can envision what I'm trying to say. Whatever. But uh, there's a no, moment where <laughs> and there's a moment where Luffy breaks one of the spikes, and I'm glad that they you know translated that into the, the Netflix version. Some of the fight scenes were a little bit different in the anime. Arlong used a lot of more biting skills, and he would dive underwater pick up a lot of speed and then like jump out of water and basically cannonball himself or whatever towards Luffy. They skipped that. I can understand why that's too, that's too much fluff. Let's just get straight to the story and straight to the action. The sword was really the biggest takeaway. Actually even bigger yet, uh, Arlong's defeat was the biggest takeaway because that's where we get Luffy's, uh, I think it's called the, like the battle ax kick or something like that. He throws his foot really high in the air and then uses the momentum as like a battle hammer and takes Arlong out that way. And I thought that was awesome. I'm so glad they stayed true to the way he was defeated. So really happy with that one. And the rest of his fish crew, everybody was on point. Uh, I don't remember everybody's names because they're really not that relevant, but everybody was portrayed perfectly. Like I know it was a little weird. To, uh, I remember Chu. Chu is the guy. He's in the picture to the left. He's got like a little bit of an extended kissy face going on. He looked really silly in Netflix, but you know, they did the best that they could. And I thought they did a great job. There was one fishman that they missed out on. His name's Hachi. He's this octopus guy. He's actually really funny in the anime. He's just this happy go lucky, stupid guy. And it was a little disappointing to see that he wasn't even in this at all. He's got this really nice fight scene with, Zoro, where it's six swords versus three swords, and they totally skipped all over all of that. A little unfortunate, but no, that's okay. Oh, let's uh go back a minute. Cloudor. Cloudor is uh was another character that was cast like super perfectly. I mean, it's kind of easy to play. I can imagine it'd be easier to essentially play a butler with slicked back hair 
and this dude's got these cat claws. They played him so well. Uh, and his henchmen, uh, Bucci and Sham, they were also played really well. In the anime, uh, Sham, the girl on the right, is actually a guy in the anime. They're like the cat brothers or something like that, but it's very... They made it very clear that they're brothers, but Netflix made it one of a girl, and that's totally fine because it's not it's not that important of a character, but she did a fantastic job playing her role too. There was a lot of differences that happened between the anime and Netflix in the whole uh, Clahador and Kuro scene. Uh, I'm going to say arc, really. A lot of the, the ending of this entire arc was supposed to take place like on the shoreline outside. And there was just a big battle between Kuro and all of his pirates versus our heroes. And it was, a, it was a good scene. It was a good arc. But in Netflix, they took care of everything inside uh, the mansion. Totally cool with all that, too, because it just it gave it more of a darker kind of a feel. So I was I was actually really happy with the way that they portrayed all that. So the differences that they did was perfectly suitable. Another character that they didn't place was this Django guy. He's a hypnotist. And in the anime, he was kind of funny because he was always hypnotizing himself as he was hypnotizing other people. And it was just funny to laugh at him. And with the final scenes, there was another scene where he hypnotizes his whole crew to make them think that they're all stronger than they actually are. And then Luffy's also paying attention to the hypnotize. So he gets insanely stronger at the same time. And it just, it's a real funny scene, that whole fight. So it's a little sad that they didn't make any of that come to light because that was, that would have been fun. But again, understand time constraints. Let's cut out some characters. I don't even think he was introduced at all. So that's actually, I think he was on a wanted poster. A lot of people who are not big scenes, you can see on wanted posters. So I guess that's one way to bring him back into play. So that was really nice. So yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much everything. One more thing about Mihawk that they, they, I'm really happy that they showed on the final episode near the end where Mihawk finds Shanks and they ended up telling uh, him that Luffy's now a wanted guy. He's on a wanted poster for like 30 million berries. He's way he's worth way more than a lot of the top ranked guys. So everybody's really happy that he's a wanted guy, which is kind of funny. But yeah. Uh, happy to see that in the end yeah overall i'll say it again 100 pleased with this if you've seen this they made a little message at the end of season one that season two is on its way and of course the internet totally ruined that for everybody anyway so everybody <laughs> knows that season two is going to come out and i even saw a couple things on facebook saying that like six the creator has six seasons already roadmapped and already in well he wants it to happen but we gotta see if the funding will be there and with the success well, of this one i'd be surprised and i will say it's easy to uh roadmap six seasons when you're basing it off of a show that already has like 30 seasons so uh yeah not yeah, that good difficult point. but that's awesome to hear that they did such a good job portraying the anime kind of sounds like they threw in some manga stuff that they weren't able to in the anime so that's really cool yeah. Um, I wish I and, knew more because yeah. then I could share more, but I will say I'm still not going to, yes, uh, definitely sounds like a lot. I will say I'm still not going to watch one piece. I just can't. Yeah. Don't um, blame you. It's, I know it's such an insane cousin, thing. More power to you. More power to anybody who wants to partake into it. Now I know it's good. I'll just miss out on something. That's good. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. That's totally fine. You know, I'll keep you up to date with stuff. I can 
share anything that you might need me to share with you. But I'm looking forward to the next season. I'm looking forward to seeing Smoker. He was, he's this badass guy that's in the anime, and they already teased him, so I'm excited. Awesome. All right, so any last thoughts? Um, really, the biggest thing is this just proves that when you've got something that has been made, let the creator just be a part of it. Listen to what they have to say because they have a vision for it. They know how it's going to be. If it's successful, there's a reason it's successful. Let them help you be for it to be successful. Like it's, it's not a hard concept. I know everybody's got the like creative liberties and, you know, you want to put your own stamp on something, but this proves, I feel that, you know, sometimes just let the art be what it is. Right. Yeah. And then again, just can't wait for more. Uh, this being said, I know we've been seeing ads like crazy for Netflix to come out with a Yu Yu Hakusho live action. I'm a little scared for that one because that one's a little bit more fantastical. So <laughs> I can only hope that they don't bomb that one because, you know, that's both of our top favorite animes. So can only hope. Yes. I will say probably my personal favorite live action is Aroni Kenshin. They did an amazing job with that one. Uh, have you watched that one, Lance? I have not. You need to. I don't know if you've watched. Have you watched <laughs> yeah. the series? Nope. No, I haven't even. I've seen a handful of episodes, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, late at night, but not enough to know anything about the storyline. It was just this cool, long-haired samurai guy that, and that was really all I cared about. So, yeah, I guess that would be another anime sin that I'd have to get that one under my belt. So you do need to watch Samurai X as well because... Aroni Kenshin starts with prelude stuff, so now while it's not necessary, it is good to see. And then they move forward with the with the series, so it it is really good. Uh, just to kind of give some praises to other live actions that have done a good job. I wish we had more of these. Apparently, Netflix is super hit and miss on if they're going to do a good job or not. Yeah, so I hope that this is really the start of a new trend for new ones to really take off. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I want to say thanks, Lance. That's you put a lot of work into this, and it was it was awesome to hear, uh, kind of get from the outside looking in. So it was interesting. I will say that. All right. Well, hopefully, if you have any kind of, if you have like eight hours of free time and you want to get a nice start on something, you can at least start with the Netflix version because they do a good job. Awesome. Yeah. Maybe we'll put it, we'll put it on <laughs> that that list of things I need to watch that never stops. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone's got that. All right, but that's going to conclude today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in for this uh, bonus episode. Make sure to follow us on every platform. Please give us a five-star rating if you are listening to us on a platform. If you're listening to us on YouTube, please follow us there and leave us a like so that we can help us grow. Also, make sure to follow The Anime Show on Facebook and Instagram. Stay up to date on everything anime-related, all that anime news. There's so much that goes on all the time. So they do a good job keeping you up to date on that. And until next time, we'll see you guys.